Welcome to Going Deeper. My name is Marcy Sclove, and we are about to begin part two of my interview with Penny Gill. Penny is a newly retired Mary Lyon professor at Mount Holyoke College for 46 years (laughs) in political science, and also a dean at the college, mentoring many, many young women for all those years. It's inspiring. Mm. Um, about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. Penny started receiving teachings from a Tibetan master named Manjushri. And she wrote a book with Manjushri um, called What in the World is Going On? And we are talking about that topic, What in the World, in is, the world going is Going On? on? <laughs> Such a great title. I mean, it's so... Easy to just put into every <laughs> sentence. <laughs> okay, so we had stopped um, at a place, and I think we're just going to start afresh. Okay. And um, <clears throat> we're talking about fear. We're talking about the, uh, the an- antidote to fear interdependence, interrelatedness. Um, So let's bring that whole conversation to the local level of our area. Sounds like a good idea, because that is where we are. (laughs) Right, exactly. So I think one of the things that can happen, um, does happen, happens all the time, is that we look at the complexity of the world we look at these complex systems of trade and immigration and boundaries and sovereignty and all of that, yeah. all of those huge, huge kind of unmanageable processes. And we feel completely powerless. We yeah. feel disenfranchised, for sure, and we feel powerless. Um, a lot of, of Americans, a lot of American citizens, doubt that there's anything democratic in the United States because of that sense of powerlessness. Yeah. And it's a real experience. It's not to be just brushed aside. Yeah, yeah. And so it seems very important if one begins to follow Manjushri's argument that we think about, well, where can we build a sense of efficacy? Where mm. can we, how can we build relationships that support us individually and, and communally, but allow us to do something right. and allow us to begin to heal this isolation and powerlessness. And when I was a student many, many years ago, we said endlessly to each other, think globally, act locally. Right. Well, that's the name of the game. That yeah. is just one of the wisest slogans ever. <laughs> and we need to reintroduce, reintroduce that bumper sticker because yeah. we all need it back again. So the problems that we're facing are global. Mm -hmm. The solution to those problems at least have to be created and discovered and imagined within community. And you you aren't in community with 330 million fellow citizens. That's just, 
that's mass manipulation. That's yeah. bureaucratization. That's Hannah Arendt on the origins of totalitarianism, if you want to look yeah. at an old argument that is totally relevant today. Wow. And so what I have been arguing everywhere I've gone to talk about this books, and especially since this last electoral cycle, yeah. is find three or four friends mm. who are also concerned and meet and give each other the gift of careful listening, mm. of paying attention to each other and hearing the misery and the fear and the, the alarm. Yeah. Then that little group choose one thing to do together mm. so that you translate, so you experience the translation yeah. of terror into action. And that activity should be on behalf of somebody who really is powerless right. or marginal hmm. or suffering and likely to suffer more yeah. because of what's going on around us. And it is what's going on in Amherst. It's remarkable what's yeah. happening in Amherst. Yeah. And this is perhaps not what's normal across the country, but I know that there are thousands and thousands of communities in the United States yeah. who are gathering and having these conversations. And talking about it in the context of sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, so last Saturday was an example of this. Mm -hmm. At Grace Church here in Amherst, there was a huge outpouring of concern. A lot of community people came. There were somewhere between 300 and 500 people, <laughs> depending on who you ask. And people, you know, gave testimonials about how their lives are and how they are in danger mm -hmm. and how they can't communicate with their parents and how they're, they're not able to move freely and that they feel so fearful. And uh, it was an example of people, I think the, the words are defend, oh, what are they? There are three words, resist, defend, and um, what's the third one? Resist, defend, and somehow a positive word. Yeah, create. Create or yeah, something. I can't think of the third one. Sustain, support. And... Uh, <clears throat> That is sort of the theme of this sanctuary movement here in Amherst. And it's going to go through uh, adopting new laws in the state legislature, trying to get our congressmen in federal legislature mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. some work. It's, it's a very interesting idea. I mean, it's more than four people. No, but it's a perfect example. It, it, I mean, it's just an elegant example. Yeah. First of all, the fears are not imagined. These are, these are tigers in the these grass. These are tigers in the grass. And the response from the rest of the community is first of all to defend, mm -hmm. and then and to protect, yeah. and then not only to take care of those people who are particularly exposed and vulnerable, but also to move to local government and then ask local government to push to state government. Yeah. And, and that builds from the bottom up. Right. It is exactly, and it's building on energy, I would say, of spirit. It's building yeah. on heart energy. Yeah. It's not building on negative energy or on threats of violence. Yeah. 
it's it's working on a different plane. It's working on a different level. Yeah. And it creates a different kind of power. Mm-hmm. That's real when 500 Amherst folks are in sure. Grace Episcopal Church. Yeah. And that energy is potent. And that, you know, that's not, that's not minor. How, how, can, how can we shift from having this kind of conversation and when we get to the, to, to the time of talking about heart, it, 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 it's like it's not as valuable or it's not as... It's like, oh, there they go. They're going into that new age. There goes the woo-woos. The woo-woos, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm sorry that that's the way it is, that we can't talk about that. You know, Manjushri talks about heart-centered knowing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's really a much more sophisticated type of knowing. It is indeed. Than just the mental knowing. Yeah. And somehow we don't, value it but we do and those 500 people in grace yeah do yeah and one thing you know this is the first question you asked me what's with the academy right. <laughs> you know we're right back on where we started yeah. but if we keep giving that point of view priority we will continue to feel disenfranchised yeah. and silenced right I've taken to something really much weirder. And I, I listen to that public voice, mm-hmm. and I think that person is starving for mm. kindness. That person has backed into, has painted him or herself into a corner and doesn't know how to connect and relate, and so has to rely on that very other understanding of power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't do this out loud because it doesn't make sense to other people, but I think of power as, <clears throat> and then I use potency huh. for what was going on at Grace Episcopal Church. Yeah. Because that's about fruition. That's wow. about fertility. That's mm-hmm. about creativity. Hmm. And we probably shouldn't even open up this topic, but I'm going to just throw out a, a freebie here. <laughs> I'll pay you. I'm really, having, you I'm really having fun. <laughs> is one way to name all this stuff mm-hmm. is this power fascination is masculine. Mm-hmm. Not male, but masculine thinking. Mm-hmm. And this nurturing, kindness, relating, building together Mm-hmm. That's feminine. Mm-hmm. And if the world as we know it goes down in flames, yeah. it is because we disposed of the feminine. Right. That's and no it's question about that. And it's a whole other huge topic. Right. And the, it's a subject one can't talk about in public either. Right. Right. But we need to resuscitate that baby. We need to figure out ways that we can introduce that understanding yeah. without getting super sexist and essentialist and yeah. all that rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and be very careful not to identify it with men and women because it has sure. nothing to do, right. virtually nothing to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. But those feminine values, the values of, of kin, mm-hmm. the values of, of growing vegetables, the values of peace and conflict resolution, yeah. 
if we're going to save our skins, and I'm talking now about the whole planet, right. if we're going to save our skins, right. we have got to embrace those values. Sure. And every indigenous culture that I know of in the world, and I don't know about tons, but mm -hmm. I, I know mm -hmm. some pretty well, this is what they have to bring us. And sure. we should be going on our hands and knees saying, teach us yeah. how to put these, the warrior and the nurturing yeah. piece together. Yeah. Because they know how to do that, how to take right. care of the earth and how to take care of the right. tribe. Wow. Ooh, anyway, thank That's you for amazing. letting me say all of that. <laughs> and of course, what comes to mind is the yoga pose, the warrior, yeah. and also the local sustainability movement, exactly. growing and food, <laughs> and sharing in a CSA kind of community. And, and sustainable local energy. Yeah. So the warrior maybe pose not, doesn't yeah. work unless your feet are really grounded. Right, right. <laughs> it's a very powerful pose. Mm -hmm. Every part of your body is stretched and energy going out and in and you're right and down. Yeah. It's that grounded down. So let's change the topic and talk about violence. Mm. That's a big change. During the break, we were both reflecting on 9-11 and sort of pinpointing that as maybe a beginning of this series. It's not mm -hmm. the first time in our mm -hmm. history, but this series of that kind of power manipulation through fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember after 9-11 being in an airport and having to take off all these things. And it's before I was used to it. And it was clear to me that the, it was an exercise in making me feel scared. Yeah. And I, I grant there's some legitimacy that there might be a bomb in somebody's shoe and that, you know, that was slightly possible. But the level of anxiety that was in that, that part of the room it was really to send money to the federal homeland security, you know, That's like right. to really get us all in a tizzy so that we don't, you know, we don't question what they're doing. Um, so, yeah. You but, got it. <laughs> I mean, I agree with, I agree with all yeah. of that. And then that's a perfect example of, this is another topic and we, don't have time to go there, but it seems to me that the, the way Manjushri describes how ego, our little self, works okay. in order to create a need and then say only it can provide the, the solution to the need wow. is identical to your analysis of the state. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that they, they're closely linked together. Very. One reflects the other. And you couldn't create a state like that if you didn't have a whole lot of individuals who were functioning that way psychologically and right. emotionally. Right. There has to be some kind of congruence. I, I don't know any more than that. That's all I know. So then I'm thinking about the, you know, the folks who voted for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you or Manjushri you know, say to them in terms of what we're talking about in ego and fear and, and little self? Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for people that I 
that I'm not. Right. But they understand this argument. At some level, they completely understand this. They are frightened. And they have been also woven into a construction of fear. Mm -hmm. And then they were told that this is a solution. And for a long time, they've been told that not only is there such a thing as trickle-down economics, in other words, we let the corporate world do what it wants, yeah. and then pretty soon that'll create a job sweeping the factory floor. <laughs> Wrong, but that's the argument. Yeah. And I've been talking lately about trickle-down social justice, which mm. is what the Democratic Party has been Interesting. doing. And their argument is, we're going to get a few kids of color into Harvard, and then eventually that's going to change how race works and white privilege. Wow. That is totally ridiculous. That's just yeah. as ridiculous as trickle-down right. economics. Right. And so both parties have been trying to sell a deal to the American people. Mm -hmm. And Americans have looked at this since, I suppose, a good big generation, since the 70s. Yeah. And everyone has said both things. I'm not getting trickle-down money, and I'm not getting trickle-down social justice. Yeah, yeah. So Bernie Sanders makes, his followers make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's followers make sense to me. Yeah. And then there's this really pathetic bench of other presidential candidates of both parties. Yeah who don't seem to understand much of anything really? about what it's like to live in a town in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So I think the whole election yeah. was a scramble to try to get leadership that recognized how regular people live their lives. Wow. And Trump gave the illusion that he was offering that to yeah. his group. And, and, and he was much smarter about campaigning and how to use the media and right. all of those on, and you language. Know, all of those things. Yeah. yeah. But I worry, you know, it's funny. In Amherst, you don't live in Amherst, so mm -hmm. you don't know all the ins and outs of our <laughs> politics. But we have I love a, following them. It's fascinating, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of polarization in our town. Mm hmm and even though we're mostly a progressive town, you know, I do feel like we are a microcosm of the nation at mm -hmm, large. Mm -hmm. And locally, I, I worry and I wonder about how do we make friends? How do we yeah. cross that polarized? Because all of a sudden, I used to agree with you on, t on different issues, but now we're on the other, not the same side, and so we can't be friends anymore. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it's yeah. so... And similarly, the country is just so divided mm -hmm. and so not in a place of understanding each other. Yeah. We have to listen. Listening. We have to sh shut up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the, you know, if we each found somebody with whom we're pretty sure we really disagree with politically, mm and said, I'm gonna sit here quietly and I want you to just keep talking. And the question is, explain to me what you think, what in the world you think is going on. Yeah. And then explain to me what seems like to you 
would be a good and helpful response. Hmm. And then, and I mean, close your mouth. Yeah. And it would take a long, long time for progressives and, you know, in this, in the valley, to think yeah. that they have something to learn from people that right. they don't like. I mean, respect. some of us don't even think we have any of those other people around. Yeah. I mean, somehow the votes are, you yeah. know, taken, but yeah. So listening. Um, the island has a, a small 275-year-round community and then, you know, yeah. blooms in the summer the way Martha's Vineyard does. And it's about three-quarters of the folks voted for Hillary Clinton and about one-quarter voted for... This is Madeline Island in... in yeah, in Lake Superior, yeah. part of the Apostle Islands Wisconsin. in the western end of Lake Superior in Wisconsin. Yeah. But very yeah. rural, very, sure. very interested in sustainability and things like that. But my point is, yeah. is that several years ago, there was a, a huge... There's always, there's a, always conflicts in this small community. And they show, because it's yeah. so small. And, but it had gotten intense, and various people got together over dinner and said, what are we going to do to cool this down? Yeah. We have to think of a project that everyone can oh, sign on to. Brilliant. And do you know what it was? Build a playground or Community something. Community garden. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's out there weeding their potatoes. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it has made a gigantic yeah. difference, and it's not that those issues are gone. Yeah. But... They're, what they were able to do was literally unearth right. what held the island together. Right. It's not about... It's a good image. It's a great image, and, and it's not about staying in our stances, oh. even <clears throat> the listening, but there has to be some kind of a shift. Yeah. And the listening is part of the shift, but some action... Has to, has it's, to. But, it, but you can't tell what that is right. until you listen. Right, right. And, and the listening is to allow your opponent to become a human being, yeah. a complex human being. Yeah. I think of myself as a progressive, for heaven's sakes. But I don't think of myself as like all progressives, mm -hmm. as you can certainly tell. Yeah. And that's true of conservatives. Sure. But we don't that's know that. That's true of people of color. Well, that's sure. true of every, you yes. know, of immigrants, of yes. every group that we try and group people. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're listening to each other from our hearts. Mm -hmm. And then, then there's the possibility. That may not solve it. Yeah. But without that, there's no way to open a door. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I like hearing is it doesn't have to be mind or heart. No, it can't it's be. It's little mind or <clears throat> mind and heart, you know, the yes. expansiveness in yeah. both. <clears throat> the smartest thing the Buddhists have to say is it has to be the integration of wisdom and kindness. Yeah, wisdom and kindness, yeah. mind and heart. That's fantastic. So we just have a few minutes. Is there anything that you'd like to touch on that we haven't or... I have <clears throat> wonderfully perceptive, very progressive, even radical friends here in the valley yeah. who are appalled by my hopefulness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think 
the great gift of this kind of work mm. is mm. that the reframing is so radical and the arc of change is so huge. Yeah. And that stepping back a bit mm -hmm. and not escalating the violent rhetoric and the angry rhetoric, I'm even a little uncomfortable with the word resist because mm -hmm. I think there are different kinds of resistance. Sure. But we, all of us who care about the outcome of this particular political moment must be scrupulous not to escalate the unhappiness. Yeah. On the personal level? On every level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it in the Congress, so that's where it stays. Wow. But the rest of us have to be much, we have to, it's Lent, we have to fast yeah. our desire to speak vengefully. Wow. I'm going to try and take that to heart. To heart. heart. <laughs> right. Because uh, yeah. we're, all, we're all guilty of that. We all are. Yeah. Penny, I think this is just wonderful. I've had a wonderful time. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, and thank you, Marcy. That's been a yeah. total delight. Yeah. And you're wonderful to talk with. Oh, I'll also shout out <clears throat> big thanks to Amherst Media and to the interns and the staff, all the people who make these shows possible. And I'll see you next time on Going Deeper. <laughs>